1: Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. It is my distinct pleasure to be sitting across from the Chief Executive Officer of Centrifuge, Pete Blackshaw, as well as a board member of Claritas and a board member of the Museum Center. Pete, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for inviting me. I'm honored. So, Pete, you and I, our paths crossed years ago in the whole planet feedback days and that world, when we were helping out, build out some national sales teams. And then you were recently the global head of digital marketing and social media for Nestle. And then you have boomeranged back to our great region here in greater Cincinnati. And based on all of the excitement that you see happening and take on this new role, I'd love to dive in a little bit of what do you see happening inside of the Midwest? And inside of the world, and why come back here to help elevate and invest in what you're doing and all the energy you're putting into elevating our region?
0: Well, I'm an entrepreneur by heart, and I think all entrepreneurs kind of gravitate to opportunity. And even when I was, had left Cincinnati and was working in Cincinnati, I was kind of keeping very close to my Instagram and my Facebook feed and my Twitter feed, and I started to see something that looked incredible. It's something that back in 2000, when I started Planet Feedback, I was hoping to see more of, but I saw this remarkable transformation of the over the Rhine. I saw everything that's happening in Northern Kentucky. I saw, I think, one of the most impressive food cultures emerging, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I was working for the world's largest food company, and I had this intense FOMO fear of missing out. (laughs) And I felt it was a perfect time to kind of come back after a wonderful global experience of eight years and to put a stake in the ground and really try to make my second kind of round of contribution to building a disruptive startup economy. And of course, anybody who's has the honor of being the Centrifuge CEO, it's just a fantastic opportunity to serve multiple stakeholders against a very, very bold stretch ambition. Mm -hmm. And I love the tenacity of the Midwest that kind of can do often with humility, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a bold ambition. I mean, mm-hmm. our goal is to be the number one startup hub in the Midwest mm-hmm. and the top innovation center in the country. And so if the community is signed up for that, I'm on board. Mm. That's great. That's awesome.
1: So with that though, comes disruption, comes change, yes. right? How do we? You know, the old Mark Twain quote that we're all tired of hearing is if you want to be safe and you want to be in Cincinnati because everything happens 10, 15 years later, how do we lead that? How do we jump ahead of that? If that's our nature, we call it, there's a gift of the Midwest of being very humble. Yes, exactly. Um, What that also means and translates for a lot of organizations is they have amazing stories to
0: tell. You bet. But they don't tell them. That's right. Well, I think the first thing is to remember that it's always important to kind of look at your foundations and I think kind of turn them into strengths. So we do have humility. We have these great companies that are here and we have kind of a proud tradition. And remember Procter & Gamble, Kroger, Western and Southern, they were all startups at one point. In fact, I- just gave a keynote to Western and Southern. And that's one of the points I highlighted, You know, because it was kind of a digital, it was a transformation speech, but I kind of reminded them that there was a moment when they were closing the deal on that first customer. So part of it is kind of just looking back to look ahead. And there are some fantastic foundations. Like I believe Cincinnati is undisputably the consumer branding and insights capital of the world. That is hugely germane and relevant to winning in the digital future. If I think about like what every company who touches marketing or branding is thinking about is like, how do we manage relationships with consumers in a world of volatility, disruption, a world of voice activation, gamification, augmented reality? And it still comes back to those old-fashioned fundamentals, like what are the unmet needs? What are the big consumer opportunities? And I think we can lead that better than anyone else. And so we just have to kind of look back to look ahead. And that's kind of part of my job. I think there's a little bit of you know, my favorite term at Nestle as I tried to move a 150 year old company was constructive paranoia. You have to be the person that really highlights where there are fundamental risks. You look at one of the core foundations of Cincinnati's strengths, Finn and insurance tech, that is a category where there's been plus $50 billion in, in global investment going into small ankle biter, long tail players that are kind of trying to come up with smarter, better, more fluid, more global solutions in that area. Therefore, how do we use that to motivate these timeless companies Mm -hmm. (laughs) to really kind of reach farther? And so it's an interesting job where we have to, again, there's great things we've done in the past, but we also need to shake the tree and remind everyone that we have to move really fast. We may have to be more agile. I hope we don't lose the humility. I do think that is a huge competitive advantage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's wonderful. And it's mentioned that, you know, Inc. Magazine and you provided here on your impact report that Cincinnati created the blueprint for how to create successful startups.
0: Inc. Magazine's quote. Yes. What do you feel led them to that comment? Well, big shout out to my team before I got here for doing fantastic work. And I think selling the vision and the practices and the protocols and everything from and its court of course is much bigger than centrifuge it's cincy tech it's all the hcdc i mean i think there's a whole ecosystem of passionate contributors to building this startup economy but it doesn't take long if you bring someone from forbes or financial times or whoever into cincinnati for them to see something very special happening there's a different type of entrepreneurialism that's brewing you walk in otr you see this innovation trifecta between design food and technology you've got big companies that have really kind of become a lot more humble where they're reaching out to startups and saying, hey, you're part of the answer. I didn't have that experience when I started Planet Feedback. It was really tough to get a deal back then with Procter & Gamble. Now Procter & Gamble is one of the biggest investors in Centrifuge. Mm -hmm. So you've got all sorts of ripe conditions. We're spending a lot of time working with some of the top VC firms in the country. And through our syndicate fund helping to heighten visibility into local deal flow. And so you've got a lot of different things that are going on. But let me say this. We have gotten fantastic publicity. I use it all the time. But I would say stay humble on that because at the end of the day, just look at 2018, $118 billion in venture capital was raised in the US, less than 1%, went to Ohio, about a fifth of that went to Cincinnati, and yes, that's about 20% up on the year before, but it's not good enough. Raindrops are not good enough. Now, the good news is if you look at the macro aggregate data, more of that investment is, in fact, starting to shift from the coast. Steve Case is absolutely right that there is, or J.D. Vance and others, there is a rise of the rest movement. We need to ask ourselves, how do we capture that? If we believe that, how do we prime for that? Like, for example, I was in a meeting the other day and we're thinking about creating an app that is kind of a startup locator app. I actually think the data is our best friend. Mm-hmm. Even with if we strip out the passion, if we just use pure data, mm-hmm. you're trying to put the startup in location A versus location B, mm-hmm. Cincinnati wins hands down. Wow. I mean, I simply could not afford the house that I'm living in now in either the two coast. There's like no way. Burn rate, it's like, <laughs> your burn rate is like you know you're going to run out of money like five times faster mm-hmm. in Boston, New York, San Francisco, even my hometown of Los Angeles. And so we need to get much smarter about how we kind of use the data. And I don't buy this argument that there isn't talent. In fact, I was just right. meeting with my dear friend Mahendra Vora and who started about a dozen companies like Every time I blink, he started another company and he was telling me we're too small to even worry about talent. None of these companies are that big that we have to worry about the talent piece. I still think there's a fantastic pool, even if you have to poach people from other firms. So anyways, I just think there's, we're getting good publicity, but we have to be cognizant of the fact that we are still getting disproportionately less share than we deserve and we need to get competitive. We need to get aggressive. We need to advertise the attributes that we have. And importantly, we need to focus.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, one of the
1: things that we have found, Pete, is we've went on this journey. So you have been aware of our search firm that just celebrated yes. its 44th year. Congratulations! In the last two years, we've launched three additional brands. The Talent Magnet Institute is a year and a half into its startup experience. We launched the Impact Cowork, and then our family launched another holding company. And... This the entrepreneurial energy, the desires of helping entrepreneurs be successful—not just in work, but in relationships, work, community, and life—and helping reframe success and leadership. What we have found is our little startup of the Talent Magnet Institute. In a year in, we've got sixteen thousand additional followers on I top love of that. the twenty-four thousand followers they can act that like follow along that we're building the momentum, right? And our vision is to change the way leaders around the world reframe success in their leadership. And to your point earlier around Cincinnati, our firm, our little tiny boutique search firm that believes that put us up against any of the big guys in the world, and depending on the right buyer, will win business all day long. We help companies in 16 different countries, leaders from 16 different countries have looked to us just in the last five years to help. And all of those connections have been some origination from some connection that spent time in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's right. Or that- like yourself, were here and moved to another part of the country, leading a business and said, boy, here's the team that made me successful there. Here are the resources I utilized. So here our organization has this incredible advantage of knowing leaders and having deep relationships with leaders and businesses all over the world because of this incredible hub of talent that our region convenes And we've expressed that, like, that's a significant competitive advantage of anyone who has presence in this region. And organizations will continue to learn it over time. We look at the impact of Toyota many years ago and the amount of supply chain. That's right. When it was here, that it brought here and all of the. I mean, we probably had 36 companies all over the United States we were working with that touched that supply chain. So So it's going to
0: get even better with Amazon now. I'm really bullish about the potential there.
1: So what do you see as the Amazon effect of the big announcements that we just had? Bezos was just in town. I believe you were at that welcoming party and groundbreaking wasn't there, but I blogged
0: about it. Okay. So what is that going to do? How do you see that impacting the conversation I think it's, and the listen, disruption? I think it makes my job 10 times easier. I mean, it is a fantastic narrative. I mean, I test messaging like crazy with millennials, with prospects, with boomerang folks, with friends on LinkedIn. And the fact that Amazon has located in CVG has 40% of the airport... The fact that if you combine Amazon plus DHL, we now are the number one e-commerce artery in the country, mark my word, that is going to get people to turn their heads and to think twice about Cincinnati. It might drive trial. I think VC firms might start to treat us as most favored nation as they think about where to locate or scale companies post seed into series A into series B. Mm -hmm. I think it tells a fantastic story about supply chain innovation. I mean, Amazon, just let's put that in perspective. What does that mean? One of the most valuable, innovative, consumer-loved companies. I know some people may not like to hear that, but every single poll, there is intense consumer loyalty. There is a belief that they use the data in a very responsible, appropriate way. So they are now anchored into our airport. And yes, I do think you're going to have hundreds, maybe thousands of companies kind of wrap around that corridor. I also think it could lead to some very interesting, I think it not only enhances our standing on supply chain, I think it helps the future branding and retail narrative that I give a lot of credit to Kroger for opening up as well, and obviously P&G as the world's largest advertiser. But I also think some areas that might surprise a lot of folks, I mean, Amazon's surprisingly progressive on sustainability and packaging. I think there's an inherent... Push towards more efficient, eco-friendly packaging. And I do think those supply chain standards are going to have a very positive impact. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I am a big believer that as I've kind of put out strategic pillars where we can win, I actually think sustainability is one where there are many, many more strengths than people realize that are here. And I think kind of Amazon's almost like Icing on the cake. But beyond that, you've got Kroger telling the world they stand for zero hunger, zero waste. They're getting rid of the plastic bags. You got Procter and Gamble, their CEO basically kind of leading a whole supply chain initiative on sustainability. You got mid-sized companies like Michaelman thinking about a post-plastics world. You got a city of Cincinnati that's ranked number one in Leeds-oriented buildings. You've got, I mean, just boatloads of initiatives here. So again, I guess where I'm getting at is Amidst these things, like where do we find the compelling narrative that sells the skeptics? Mm -hmm. I think the difference for Cincinnati is like, how do you get people over that whole Mark Twain quote? You kind of put the Amazon development in front of them. You know, you remind them that Kroger and Procter & Gamble are truly redefining the future of branding and retail. You connect the dots on health. This is a fantastic health ecosystem when Mm -hmm. you think about all the major hospital players that are- Mm. They're at the top of the national rankings. You got players like Cincy Tech that are doing a brilliant job in supporting local tech players. You got Children's Hospital that's kind of leasing out IP. And then you're thinking, wow, maybe we have a narrative there. The reason why this is important is if you look at who's winning in building a tech economy, you see markets like Detroit, they're talking with persuasion, credibility, and a sense of urgency around mobility. Pittsburgh has done a fantastic job on AI. It's had a big impact on investment at Carnegie Mellon. Just look at all those jobs from Google that have located there and all the partnerships that they've created. Austin, Texas is pushing many areas. I think Nashville and Memphis have really kind of built a compelling narrative around health tech. What is our strength? And that's kind of my big obsession. Over the next year, it's like, hey, to me, it's less important that we have the perfect answer than we have a consistent answer. Because right. if you only have a second or two in an elevator with someone who doesn't know jack about Cincinnati or a boomerang prospect, we have to sell
1: yeah, effectively,
0: absolutely. fast. Yeah. And
1: again, from an inside look viewing outside world, the amount of talent. and I mean, I can't tell you how many clients we've met over the years that they are here with the sole purpose of we have the best, one of the best children's hospitals in the world. Precisely. Right. You know, 130 plus countries are served here, maybe even higher than that. And the amount of families that move here already. So this isn't necessarily something we're just trying to start to those outside this region. It is existing. We have more international, our search firm works with international companies. Again, out of 16 different countries, many of them have some type of presence in the Midwest. Many of them, their CEOs, decide to live in this region and bring their teams here and their plants here. And one of my best friends, Mehmet Yuksic, moved here from Istanbul to run Perfetti Van Meli. Yeah. And Mehmet fell in love with, I just the, met with him the other day, Great with, guy. The, with the culture here. He loves the opera. Yeah. He loves the CSO. He loves you know, another friend, Daniel Wechter, who's running VP of sales, global sales at Bemis up in Wisconsin, he and I met here in Cincinnati. We brought one another into a huge project down in Houston, and now he's in Wisconsin, but all along he's lived in the same house here and commutes out of our beautiful CVG airport. So there's an incredible amount of talent here. The other thing, Pete, I'd love to get into a little bit, the majority of our listeners are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs or business owners. And many of those business owners are in the middle market, right? And those who are, if you're self, you're listening today, you're an owner, you're a president, CEO, family business, you have an opportunity to gain the innovation that's coming out of our incredible startup community that's in greater Cincinnati and in the Midwest. And- What would you tell them if they're, you know, let's say they have a plant in Florence or Walton or Fairfield or Dayton or Mason, Ohio, and they're not involved in our startup community. They're not gaining the innovation and ideas that are being produced in our community. How would you call them to action?
0: Well, the first call to action is to come on down. Hey, our welcome mat is open. And let us show you what we're doing in Union Hall at Centrifuge. We can introduce you to accelerators. And we do a lot of work with big and mid-sized companies where we will come in. We have a whole suite of innovation services. So if you're looking to hack or do a design build or a venture build or create an idea lab, we've got a fantastic team that can kind of try to unlock value in those particular areas. We can share you case studies. We just did a fantastic impact report that kind of highlights all the work that we're doing. For example, going back to CVG, we're, we've kind of sent a lot of startups over there. We've mm-hmm. worked with Kroger on open innovation. We're obviously doing a lot of work with PNG We're working with Michaelman. And we can kind of share those case studies to kind of give them a reference point on what's possible. We can make connections. I mean, I probably 20 times a week, I'm connecting someone in Cincinnati to someone I know globally through my LinkedIn mm-hmm. database. And, you know, we're good connectors. I do think successful economies are highly networked. And yep. so whether you're a large company or midsize, we're here to facilitate that in any way we can. I get brought into all companies to create a sense of urgency, you know, and I do that really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I um, don't let anybody off the hook
1: mm-hmm. because
0: the world is moving incredibly fast and you can't take anything for granted. Mm.
1: That's excellent. And you're open to going out to that organization and help oh, you all the time. Additional no, rally crime. No,
0: all the time. And I really enjoy it. I mean, I love business. I love rolling up my sleeves into problems. There's a lot of industries that I still need to be kind of educated about. I was meeting with TQL the other day and and I love supply chain and logistics, but I have so much more to learn about that. But yeah, no, absolutely. And not just me, my entire team. Mm -hmm. And
1: Pete, what are you doing from the international scene? Again, you have led and you've led international business. I love when we have leaders who You know, I always share with Daniel and Mamet, like their weekend might be flying to Europe for a concert. Yeah, they view the world differently. What's some of the knowledge? And we have about eighteen percent of our listeners are international. Oh, fantastic! And heavily concentrated in Europe. There's a lot of European clients here in this region that we serve. But how do you compare what we're doing here in the U.S. to what's going on in the world? And how do these convene? Yeah, well, let me kind of
0: helicopter up onto. Principle that I hold very dearly and that's that diversity and innovation share a symbiotic relationship and diversity also applies to How all the different markets and countries kind of tackle innovation and digital and what was so unique about my experience at Nestle as the global head of digital I would go out to the markets constantly and really kind of study their models and you know And I was kind of a bit of a curator I would kind of craft best practices from India and kind of bring it to the UK or look at what they were doing in Spain, and then kind of bring it to Mexico. And every region really brings very, very unique strengths. So if you really want to understand word of mouth and how social media really works, I mean, go to the Philippines or Indonesia. There's something going on there that everybody can learn from. Nobody beats China in terms of word of mouth and friction-free use of mobile or even apps like WeChat. U.S. is fairly well advanced on programmatic media, but you've just got a lot of different, you know, of course, Africa is a massive hub for innovation because they don't have a lot of legacy technology. So they kind of start with the best and the most modern. And so you see a lot more disruption in terms of how they go to market. It's kind of e-commerce by design. And one I'm actually particularly excited because in a week I'm heading out to Europe. I was selected to be a juror for the Khan Innovation Lions. And this is one of the most prestigious awards and i've already kind of looked at about 200 entries and now we have a short list and then we're going to really dive deep into the short list of about 40 finalists and i have to tell you i mean it's humbling i mean i think about like just the difference between this year and a year ago like the way companies are using aoi even from a you know storytelling perspective is kind of mind-boggling and the best stuff don't shoot the messenger is kind of coming from outside of the us I mean, it's really, but I hope to learn a lot and kind of bring it back. I mean, I think the key thing is to just make sure that we're hyper networked. How do we leverage the fact that 20% of your listeners are globally? How do we kind of bring them into the conversation? How do we get really smart at distributed learning? And I am very, very passionate about that. And I've really tried to unleash my network. I'll give a good example. I just launched a program called Leap. It's called Leading Entrepreneurs to Action Program. And it's kind of a training program. And I've got six interns from the local business schools that are starting. And I sent a note to some of my friends from Nestle. I did a similar program for like eight years. I called it DAT, Digital Acceleration Team. And I said, hey, I've started a program here in Cincinnati. I'm going to be focusing on X, Y, Z. I'd love to have a jam session online where we can all mash up. I kid you not, I must have had 40 people representing 35 countries, raised their hand. You said, I want to connect with the Cincinnati LEAP program. And so I'm super excited because I think part of the secret sauce I can bring to Cincinnati is really smart global grafting. And that is the beauty of social media. Again, it doesn't cost you anything. You don't need your passport. You know, there's no bureaucracy, you just have the conversation. And that moves the needle. Yeah, that is
1: outstanding. I know there's so much opportunity there, and it's if we really think about our own networks and connections and those we serve and those we're surrounded by,
0: all we have to do is put it out there and ask. And people want to be engaged with the world around us, right? Yeah, look at your podcast numbers. I was yeah. blown away. You're adding a 1,000 a week. That's incredible. Yeah. You can't do that unless you have a network effect. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite the blessing for all of
1: those listening. It's another way to think about innovation, too, of what are you not listening to? Who are you not gaining feedback and perspective from? And if you're not aware, you can get passed up real quickly by the world around us. Oh, yes. Right?
0: Oh, yes. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review.
1: The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet Eye on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio, we are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine, and myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr.